0: Well, as we think about that calling uh, to be light uh, in a dark world, as we think about the the calling to live out uh, our mission as a people, as individuals, uh, we also have a calling as a church uh, to live out, to be that beacon, that city on a hill that can never be hidden. And so over these next few weeks, I want us to remind ourselves of, of why we're here. We're, it's wonderful to, to be a part of a church because we have friends and people that we engage with and that we've developed lifelong friendships with. It's great to, to have a church we come and worship and celebrate, lift our voice, and to open God's word. But as we think about our calling as a church, it really is to be on mission Individually and collectively. And so may we fall under that banner. And as we've sung today about the faithfulness of God, that, that he is always faithful to us, may we also be faithful to him and how we live our life. Because he's calling us to become something bigger. He's calling us to become something bigger than we can accomplish on our own. And that's a disciple. And the way we say it around here is a disciple-making missionary. That we would be a person who, who makes disciples, is constantly helping others grow and be sent out as we grow and are sent out. So that's our task is to prepare and send disciple-making missionaries. That's you and me to strengthen our families, to love our neighbors, and to see our communities transformed by the gospel. That's our vision. That, that's where we're headed over these next few years. And we've been heading, even through COVID, we're still on that mission to see that come to fruition over the next four, five, six years. And so that's what I want to remind us of today. That I'm a disciple-making missionary. That's what God's called me to become, is a disciple-making missionary. Someone who is growing and learning and following after Jesus. And as I do that, I'm locking arms with others. I'm helping those who are far from God come near to God. I'm helping those who are near to God come even closer. And along the way, we're bringing others with us. And and so today we're going to look at a passage that's pretty familiar if you've been in church a long time. It's in John chapter 10, so if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, we're going to be looking at this passage uh, where Jesus uh, calls us by probably his favorite word, which is a little bit insulting, but also beautiful because we're called sheep and sheep are pretty dumb, but they're cool little fun creatures, aren't they? And as you turn there to John 10, I want to ask you have you ever um, had a big victory in in your life? You've had a big celebration, like you bought your first home, uh, you graduated from college, uh, you got married um, for students, passed algebra, you know. Big victory, won an art competition, uh, got out of debt, you know, a big victory, had a, had a great celebration after a big victory. Well, that's kind of the scene here as we're reading, going to read John 10. Uh, this is the, the scene uh, of what Jesus and these religious leaders are uh, how they're having the conversation that's the context by which they're having this conversation so in john 10 uh, verse 22 we're going to look at this encounter that jesus has uh, with these leaders at that time the feast of dedication took place at jerusalem it was winter and jesus is walking into the temple in the colonnade of solomon So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Jesus, uh, And these leaders are having this little discussion at the Feast of Dedication. And the Feast of Dedication is actually a a feast that happened later. It wasn't an original feast in in Israeli history. No, it actually came after the Maccabean Revolt. Uh, If you have a Catholic Bible, uh, there's some books in there called the Maccabees. Well, there was this great revolution led by Judas Maccabeus uh, and in the 160s BC, and Maccabee probably means hammer, uh, is what that means, and and so this great revolt and, and victory led to the establishment of this feast of dedication that usually happened in December. So you see it was winter time. So you think it was December on the calendar. And Jesus is having this discussion as he's walking into the colonnade with these Jewish leaders. And, And they're very inquisitive. These guys are just so interested in Jesus. They want to know all about him because they're just so concerned about him. And so they say, tell us plainly who you are so that later we can kill you. That's the the point here. Please tell us plainly if you're the Christ. Not because they want to follow Jesus, but they want to trap Jesus. And I love his response. He says, I've told you and you don't believe. This reminds me of telling my kids things. I can tell them a hundred times to do something And it doesn't happen. But you walk into our house and say, hey, why don't y'all try this? And it's like an expert. (laughs) Whatever you need, whatever you want to do. These Jewish leaders uh, couldn't see the trees for the forest. And so how do we respond to Jesus? How well are we hearing and listening uh, to what he's saying? Because these Jewish leaders had watched him and they had walked with him and they had listened to him teach and they had heard him say things. He had revealed himself in a number of ways and and yet they did not believe. Who are you, Jesus? Tell us who you really are. Tell us who you really are. Well, in that moment, he tells them who he really is. He says, I've told you, and you haven't listened. And then he goes ahead and tells them again who he is, which is Jesus' technique. He says, I'm not going to tell you, and then he tells you, (laughs) because you should be listening. But why couldn't they hear it? And why sometimes are we deaf to the things of God? Well, they couldn't hear what he was saying because they were not his sheep. They were not part of his flock. Those that follow Christ, those that surrender themselves to him, are a part of his flock. They are his sheep. His great nickname for us. His sheep hear his voice. They follow his voice. And this passage is, a, is actually a repeat uh, of the first half of the, of, the book, of the chapter. And so he reminds them again of what sheep are like and what they need to be. And as you and I consider who we are and who we say Jesus is, and perhaps even what he calls us, not us, me. What would Jesus call me? Would he call me a sheep or would he call me a goat? Am I a sheep? One who listens, who hears his voice. One who he knows and I know him as my shepherd. One who follows. One who experiences reward. Those are the ideas of of what he's getting across to his listeners today in, in this conversation And so what does it mean for us? If we're called to be what we're saying, disciple-making missionaries, what does that mean? We need to be sheep who follow. What does it mean to follow? What does it mean to trust the shepherd's voice? What does it mean to do that? I think so often about the noise in our world. There's lots of distractions, lots of loud. Sometimes we have to get close to hear people. And the older we get, usually the closer we have to get to hear others. Am I right? I'm guilty of that. I don't pay attention. My hearing and my vision are going, both. So we have to get closer to hear. If we're going to follow, we got to get close so that we can listen. But where there's closeness, there's also security. And when you and I think about our relationship with Christ, I'm going to invite you to be close, not just so you can hear his voice, but so that you can receive the security and the refuge that only he can bring. And so if we're going to be disciple-making missionaries, what does it mean for us as his sheep? Well, we need to hear his voice. I tell my boys all the time, there's a difference between hearing and listening. That's true of me too. Because I hear a lot of things. This morning, we were having our pre-service meeting. And as we were praying, I call it the BGM, background music. Uh, Before service, the pre-service music was playing. And as we said, amen, I was like, man, the music is kind of loud in here. I could hear the music out here while we're in there praying. It's hard to listen to two things at once. It's hard to do that. And so you can hear it, but it's hard to listen. Hearing in this moment, where he says they hear my voice, that means we're listening. We can only hear the voice of God if we're listening for it. And so are we listening? For God to speak to us? Are we paying attention to the things of God? Or does the TV or the computer or our hobby or our job or for our teenagers, TikTok, does it, does it have our attention more so than listening to the voice of God? Are, are we trying to listen to too many things at once and we can't discern the voice of God. If you and I want to be people of faith and those that that follow after Jesus and bring others along with us, we have to listen for the voice of God. But we also have to know the voice of God. We have to hear and know the right voice because there's lots of voices in our world that claim to be calling us to things of faith that that claim to have our best interest in mind. We have to know the voice of the shepherd because sometimes there's some other sheep and as well-intentioned as they are, they're not the shepherd and they'll lead you astray. Sometimes there's wolves in sheep's clothing and they will lead you astray. We have to know the shepherd's voice, and so I need to dive deep to know my shepherd, to know his character, to know his mission for my life, to know the Word of God so well that we know his voice, because that's how we know his voice by his Word. And so let me remind you, church family, that his voice will never lead us to contradict his Word. That's something that the next two or three generations need to learn. Because I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody said, I prayed about it and God wants me to be happy. No, he doesn't. No, he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be purposeful. He wants you to live abundantly, full of joy. But happiness probably is not in the top 10. No. You know, God wants me to bless others and entertain others. So, you know, we need a pool and a big house. God would want me to have that so I can love my neighbors well. And be in debt up to my eyeballs. No. God wants me to give more to the church. And so I need to be shady in my business deal so I can climb the ladder successfully so I can get more money so that then I can give to the church. No. No. Marriage is hard and God wants me to be happy so maybe we shouldn't be married. No. there's a lot of voices out there but don't ever forget that God's voice will never contradict his word and we need to help as disciple making missionaries we need to help other people see that 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 voice that you're hearing is telling you to go off and do something crazy that's not God's voice that's bad tacos. <laughs> or someone who doesn't understand what it means to follow Jesus. And so help them. Love them through that. In your own life where you are tempted by those things. Listen. Put all the other voices to the side. Get close to Jesus so that you can hear his voice that confirms his word. And then as you listen for his voice, as you hear his voice, as you know his voice, you'll want to follow. They, they follow me. We follow Jesus. Becoming a follower of Christ requires faith. And that faith leads to action that's what following Jesus, it's a, it's a lifetime of faith. And that faith drives action. It's not a dead faith. It's not a still faith. It's an active faith. God is going to give you an opportunity to trust him. And I know we can all have testimony of where God gave us an opportunity to trust him. And either we chose to or we rejected that opportunity and fell flat on our face. God gives us an opportunity to trust Him. That's what following means, trusting our Savior. Because following doesn't always make sense. And for those that need all the answers before they act, please don't ever buy a house, get married, or have a kid. (laughs) Because if you have to have all the answers, you need to move out to Wyoming. And just live on the land. Because that's the only place that it's going to be where you could probably have all the answers. And even then you won't because as you're planting that garden or trying to shoot that elk. You're not sure if he's going to make it or not. We'd be able to chase him down. We cannot. Life is about faith. Every aspect of our life has some level of trust. we got to. Live by faith, walk with our Savior. The beauty of this passage is in my mind, actually, verse 26. When he tells those Pharisees, whoops, that they are not a part of his flock. What a wonderful word. Sheep belong in a flock. Together, you're not part of my flock. If you're not a sheep, you're out on your own. That's a hard place to be in the wilderness on your own. That's a difficult place to be. That's a scary place to be. That's a harmful place to be. No, we as people of God get to follow together in a flock together. Following means we follow together. That I have other sheep, you and me together, following after our Savior. What a blessing that is that I don't have to go alone in this life. I don't have to go alone, but I must go. I don't know if you have ever been to a national park or a state park and been hiking on a trail and even got maybe gotten a trail map. Or at the trailhead, there's a usually a little you know board that shows you all the trails. How foolish would it be to pack up, go to the go to the park, go to the trailhead, look at the map? study it figure out oh yeah okay so this is the easy path this is the medium path this is the hard path this one is 1.8 miles this is 2.7 this is 4.9 okay it's going to take us about this long if we go this route at this pace oh the elevation oh this one's pretty tough okay great all right good let's go home Who does that? No one. No one goes to a trail and reads a trail map and then goes home. So, why do we read the trail map and do nothing with it? That's what following means. I have the trail map. And so I got to go. I got to get on the trail. And sometimes the trail's easy and fun and exciting, and sometimes the trail is misery. It's heartache, it's pain, it's blisters, it's raining, it's muddy, it hurts. But thank God I get to do it with the flock, with some others. That's the beauty of the church. And so may we follow together because in the end there is great reward. My father has given them eternal life. When you and I surrender to Jesus, when we follow his voice and by faith trust him, there's an eternal reward that can never be taken away. Never be taken away. Because our God is greater than all. In the Greek, all means all. All. He is greater than all. And so my reward is abundant life, eternal life. And I can take confidence in the security of following Jesus. Because that's the safest place to be in following Jesus. And so as you and I think about being disciple making missionaries. I, I want us to do it together as a part of the flock. We're sheep together together. And God's called to, to hear his voice, to listen, and to take confidence in that following him is the greatest adventure ever. Not easy, but it's the greatest adventure ever. And we want others to come along with us. And so maybe trust in the power of his voice. Maybe trust in the eternal reward that he gives us. Not just that we get heaven, but we get heaven now. Because we have to see him work through one another. That's the beauty of hearing his voice and following after him. Let's be people who follow his voice. Will you pray with me?